So uh, for those of y'all who do not know me, my name is Spencer Purdy, and I get to uh, lead worship here at Westridge, and I get to help oversee the worship team with this awesome dude over here who just led you in worship, Jason. And honestly, we, we have the best job in the church. It's just amazing what we get to do. But I'm really excited uh, tonight to be able to take my guitar off and to be able to speak to you tonight because we're in a series called Gospel. And the gospel really is the best news that you've ever heard. The gospel means good news. And honestly, it's almost too good to be true news. And if it wasn't that this news came from God who cannot lie and who will not lie, we might not even believe it. But I believe the more we understand the gospel, the more we can understand the good news of the things that, we've been, that have been freely given to us as a gift from God. And honestly, my hope tonight is that we can walk away with a greater love and appreciation for the gospel and Jesus because the gospel is a person. The gospel is the good news of the grace of Jesus Christ and what he's done. And uh, now last week, Todd talked about how our sin separated us from God and actually made us God's enemies. And he used uh, the illustration of sin being like a sickness and how that sickness spiritually killed us. I don't know about y'all, but I hate sickness and disease. I absolutely, I hate sickness and disease as much as I do I hate sin. And it's because I've lost many grandparents. I've lost a lot of family members because of sickness and disease. I loved my family member. I loved that person, but I hated that sickness that was destroying their life. And that's how God saw us. He saw our sin, how it was destroying us and made us spiritually dead. And because he loved us, he decided to do something about it so that we could be in right standing relationship with him. So tonight, we're actually gonna be spending our time in the book of Ephesians, chapter two. And so right now, I just want you to go ahead, grab your Bible if you got one. You can take your Bible app on your, on your phone, and we're going to go to the book of Ephesians. The, uh, Ephesians is in the New Testament, and it's after Galatians, and it's before Philippians. So go ahead and find Ephesians chapter 2. And we're going we're gonna to go through these verses, a couple verses at a time, and then we're going to talk through them. But starting in Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 1, it says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others." So like Todd said last week, unless you understand the state of who you were, of who you were apart from Christ, you're never going to have a real appreciation for the beauty and the wonder of the gospel. So listen to what the scripture says. It says we were dead in our sins. Then it says we were worldly, under Satan's influence, and we followed our sinful desires and we just did whatever we wanted to. And because of our sinful nature, we were subject to the wrath and the punishment of God. So let's break that down. Not only were we dead 
and worldly, we were under Satan's influence. That phrase, the prince of the power of the air, is referring to Satan. So look, you're either riding with Jesus or you're riding with the devil. You can't serve two masters. If you're doing things like the world does them, according to your flesh and your sinful nature, you're walking under the influence of Satan. And that spirit that's at work in the sons of disobedience is actually working in you. But thank God he didn't leave us like that. Thank God he made a way for us to be released from spiritual death and Satan's power. So let's read verse four in Ephesians chapter two. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved. I like the way Romans 5.8 says it as well. In Romans 5.8, it says, but God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So what does that mean? God saw you and I at our worst, on our worst day. He saw that sin that you are so ashamed of, you would never want to publicly announce that to anybody. You know, you might be in the room and maybe you've not even had your worst day yet, but God saw it, loved you, and he did something about it. He sent Jesus when you and I were at our worst. God didn't save us because we were lovely. He saved us because he is love. He didn't save us because we had it all together. He saved us because of his great love and his mercy. And because of what Jesus did on the cross, through faith in him, we who were dead have been made alive in him. Let's go on to verse six in Ephesians chapter two. And it says, and raised us together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Honestly, I wish um, we had more time to talk about this, but I know right now in the physical realm, which is what we can see, taste, hear, feel, right now in the physical realm, you're sitting right now on some green chairs in the Westridge Church Worship Center. But in the spirit, you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. Is that brown? Is it, is it green or brown? Man, I can't tell. Listen, regardless, you're sitting on these chairs right now, but in the spirit, you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. Listen, this is why this is so important. Some of y'all feel like God is so distant from you. You feel like God is so far away from you. But honestly, that might be the way you feel, but the truth is in the spirit, he's as close as he's ever gonna need to be. You are right there sitting next to him and he is right there with you. And you know what? On earth, our problems seem so big. They're like huge mountains right in front of us. And sometimes we can't even see our way through our problems. But when we look at our problems through God's view in heavenly places, our problems don't seem as big anymore. Um, have you ever seen a picture or video footage of the earth from outer space? Can we show, can we show a picture of the earth? Look at that. I took that with my iPhone. I'm just kidding. So look, this is, like, this is an astronaut's view, right? And can you see the United States? 
Can you just imagine, you know, like the states, like the grid, and you can see like, okay, that's Florida, that's Georgia, that's Texas. Okay, can you just imagine that? And, you just, and can you just imagine Georgia right now? When you see Georgia from that perspective, it seems so small. That's the way God sees our problems. From a heavenly perspective, our mountains, our problems are like an anthill for the Lord to kick over. And I'm not saying our problems aren't real, and I'm not saying that you're not going to face any, because you will. But what I am saying is the person that you're sitting next to in heavenly places has had all things put under his feet, all principality, all might and dominion and every name that's named. If it has a name, it's under Jesus' feet. And guess what? If it's under Jesus' feet, it's under your feet because you are sitting, you're sitting right next to him and he's made you more than a conqueror. This is the victory that we have in Christ. And this is just a benefit of knowing Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So why would God do this for us? Why would God seat us in heavenly places with Jesus? Let's read verse seven again. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. God's grace and his kindness is better than you think. I believe it'll take all, I believe it'll take ages, all eternity for us to see the riches of God's grace and kindness displayed through the person of Jesus. And God's grace is so big, we're not even going to be able to fully understand all of what Jesus has done for us here on this earth. It's going to take all eternity in heaven to grasp. Let's go on to Ephesians 2.8. This is a great verse to memorize. If you're going to memorize the scripture, this is, this is one to memorize. It says, For by grace... You have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So it's by grace that you've been saved. Y'all know what grace is? Grace is God's unearned, undeserved favor. Grace is God's unearned, undeserved favor. You can't earn or ever deserve his grace. There's no amount of good works you can ever do to get it. It is completely outside of your ability to earn it. God's grace can only be received as a gift. Grace is like if you're texting and driving. And that's bad. Y'all shouldn't do that, okay? So you're texting and driving, and you accidentally hit somebody, and you kill them. I know it just took a turn for the worse, but y'all just stay with me. You're texting and driving. You accidentally kill somebody. Accident or not, you got to go to court. And the judge finds you guilty and he sentences you to time in prison. And as you're about to go away to serve your time, a family member of the person you killed goes before the judge and says, look, I know that they're guilty. I know that they deserve the punishment, but I'll take it for them and I'll serve that time for them. And the judge grants that request. You go free and they serve your sentence. That's that's grace. That's kind of like what Jesus did for us, except what he did was on a greater scale. Jesus, who was perfect and never sinned, took sin upon himself. Jesus took all the fiery wrath of God that we deserved on the cross so that we could be forgiven and made alive. He took the ultimate punishment. 
so that we could go free. That's God's grace. Jesus died for all the sins of the world, even past, present, and future sins. But does that mean everybody's right with God and gets to go to heaven? No, because we're not saved by grace only, but by grace through faith. So what is faith? I like to define faith as faith is a positive response to what God has already provided. It is a positive response to what God has already provided. We must make a positive response by placing our faith in the grace of God to be saved. And grace is a person. Grace is the person of Jesus. Jesus is grace and grace is Jesus. One way to look at it is, um, well, let me back up here because I want to talk about faith. Honestly, we make faith complicated. Faith is really, faith in God is really, really easy. It's easy to believe and trust in a God who cannot lie and who will not lie and who is at his very core the way, the truth, and the life. One way to look at this is grace is God's part. Faith is our part. Grace is while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's God's part. Faith just says, I believe in what Jesus did and receive salvation as a free gift apart from my good works. That's our part. There's no amount of good works we could ever do to earn salvation. All of our good works apart from knowing Christ are like filthy rags in God's sight. To try to be good enough to earn salvation on our own is actually an insult to the cross. If we could be good enough to get to heaven on our own, then Jesus would have died and rose again for absolutely nothing. And if we could be good enough, then we could boast in ourselves. We could talk about how great we are, but honestly, our boast only belongs in Jesus and what he's done for us. This is the last verse that I want us to talk through in Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So once again, we're not saved by our good works, but because I am saved, I do good works because that's what I see my father do. Look, I'm not up here uh, speaking to y'all. I don't get up here and lead worship or whatever you consider to be good works because I'm trying to gain points with God. Honestly, the reason why I'm up here talking to you right now is because I can't help but tell you how good God is. He's been good to me. And honestly, his grace has changed, literally changed my life. When I was in high school, the thought of standing in front of you right now or leading worship would absolutely cripple me with fear. I remember um, having to do class presentations. Y'all have to do those where you have to like present a project in front of the class. I know y'all probably dread it. Well, I did, and honestly, I'd be freaking out. I'd be so scared. I'd be in fear. Well, what changed? I was made a new creation. I was created in Christ Jesus and filled with the Holy Spirit to be empowered to do good works. And honestly, yeah, praise God. That's what he, that's what he does. He fills you with his spirit so you can do good works. And honestly, as I started stepping out of fear, and walking into faith, God started honoring that. And he started showing himself strong in me. 
And look, God is so good that he's even prepared these good works for you beforehand. Some of y'all might not think, not think you're good for anything or that you're ever, ever going to accomplish anything of any significance. But God does. He thinks better of you than you do of yourself. God has given some of y'all dreams and desires to bless people and glorify Jesus. And you might even wonder why you even have these desires to do good works. But it's because God has prepared them for you. So will you let him work through you? God wants to work through you. He doesn't use perfect vessels, but he uses surrendered vessels. God doesn't use perfect people. Nobody's perfect, right? But he does use surrendered people. So the question is, will you surrender your life to Jesus? Because I'm telling you, he's worth it. Some of y'all in here, you're saved. You've already received Christ, but there's little fruit in your life. And God wants to use you for his glory to do good works through you. But sin is distracting you from the blessings that God wants to pour out in your life. One of my greatest regrets um, in high school is that I live most of it on the fence. I live one foot with Jesus and the other foot in the world just doing whatever I wanted to do. But sin takes you farther than you want to go. It makes you stay longer than you want to stay. And it makes you pay a higher price than you want to pay. Jesus paid for all of our sins. But how many of you know there's earthly consequences to our sins? If you rob a bank, God will forgive you. But you're going to have to serve time in jail for that crime. And I believe God wanted to use me so much more than I allowed him to. Because I was distracted and I was deceived by my own desires and my own sin. You need to surrender everything to the Lord. And right now, if you're in sin, I pray that through the power of God's grace that you repent and stop in Jesus' name. The more you understand grace, the more grace will teach you to say no to sin. Grace is actually, it's not a license to sin. It's actually the power to overcome it. Jesus laid down his life so that sin would no longer have dominion over us. Jesus gave his life for you. Will you lay your life down and surrender to his will and way? I can honestly tell you, I've, ha I've ha literally had so much more fun living for Jesus than I ever did living for the world and under Satan's influence. Honestly, seeing God do the miraculous in my life, man, I've seen God do miracles right in front of my eyes that would just blow your mind. I've seen God heal people. He's healed me. I've seen God do the miraculous. Knowing the peace of having all your sins forgiven. Knowing that whatever you face, Jesus is right there with you. Knowing that you're seated with him in heavenly places. Knowing that we have the hope of heaven and eternal life. Honestly, there's nothing like it. And some of y'all have never accepted this free gift of God's grace. You've never made a positive response to what Jesus has done for you on the cross by placing your faith and trust in him, by making him Lord and King of your life. And so if you're ready to believe, the scripture says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so right now I wanna give you an opportunity
to receive this free gift of God's grace by making Jesus your Lord and Savior. So in your own words, I want you to make a positive response to what God has already done in faith. So right now, I just want us to pray. Let's pray. Let's bow our heads. And so in your words, in your own words, or words like this, I just want you to say, Jesus, I confess you as Lord. I make you master and king of my life. Lord, what your word says, I want to do and I want to walk in. Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and you in so that I could have right standing with you. Thank you for your grace that I could never earn, that I could never deserve. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, I place my faith in you today. Amen. Amen. Listen, if today you made a decision to trust Christ as your Lord and Savior, you made a positive response to what he's already done to receive the free gift of his grace, I want you to do two things right now. The first thing I want you to do is I want you to take out your phone and I want you to text the word follow to 770-222-2125. Take out your phone, go to messages, text the word follow to 770-222-2125. And the next thing I want you to do is when you are dismissed to small groups, I want you to let your small group leader know because they want to celebrate with you. They want to help come alongside you and help disciple you. So I want you to do those two things if today you made Jesus your Lord and Savior. In just a moment, we're going we're gonna to worship together and we're going to respond to the grace of God. And some, I honestly just want to open this up as an invitation for you to just respond however you need to. Some of y'all might need to lift your hands as an act of surrender to the Lordship of Jesus and say, Lord, maybe I've not, I've not made you Lord and King of every area of my life, but tonight I want to do that. Tonight I want to lay my life down before you. Some of y'all might need to lay and, and bow before these steps right here as you're kneeling before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords as an act of surrender. And some of y'all, you just need to sing for joy. You just need to shout because God's been so good to you, that God's revealed his grace to you and shown his grace to you when you and I were at our worst. So right now, I just want you to respond. Make a positive response right now to whatever the Lord's leading you to do. Don't worry about what other people are doing. Nobody can worship God for you. You can only worship God for yourself. So right now, I just want you to respond however you need to as the worship team leads us. He laid his life down for you. Will you surrender your life to him?